Hi guys, welcome to another episode of A Case for the FBI, Cross-Examining Reality. I'm Cassie. I'm Kristen. And we know you guys have been waiting. We were a little delayed on the episode. Um, I'm just going to be honest, it's my fault. Um, No, not even. I got what I can only describe as scorched by the devil himself (laughs) while in Florida. Um. (sighs) And it was awful. It truly was awful. I couldn't sit. I couldn't stand. I couldn't walk. Um, yeah. And I flew on a tiny ass airplane uh, that got delayed twice and arrived at like two in the morning, Monday morning. And we normally record on Mondays. And Kristen was a sweet baby angel and allowed us to reschedule. So my apologies, fans. Y'all, life happens. Um, it is what it is. But I know that this was for the best because recording on this day, you will be a better podcaster and a better entertainer than you would have been on Monday. So it's worth it. Like people will actually be getting more quality content. Yes. I really can't describe myself (laughs) on Monday, but it was not good. Um, so since our, you know, brief hiatus, (laughs) there are a few news stories, big what I can describe as big news stories that we have missed that we haven't had a chance to talk about um the first one that I wanted to bring up um was that good friend of the podcast in frequent topic Kylie Jenner Mm -hmm. who we talked at great length of her naming wolf being naming the baby the new baby wolf and stormy and everything apparently she posts on her instagram story that they have decided to change his name and that his name is no like i guess they decided when he was born they saw him and they said we're not really feeling wolf anymore and we don't know what the new name is how do you feel about their decision to change the kid's name after birth um i feel good and bad about it i feel good because wolf is not a name like that is just <laughs> they should have named him that in the first place um i said it then and i'll say it again it's not a good name i just want to add i work with someone whose son is named wolfram what like wolfram alpha wolf ram how could you, I don't, I didn't think anything could get worse, but you just proved me wrong. Right. And unfortunately, like he's like five or six years old. Like that is his name. There's no changing oh, that. Unlike wow. our good friend, baby boy Webster. So anyways, oh. I'm sorry. Continue. No, that's fine. Um, yes. Yeah, so for that reason, I am glad that they have taken it away. Um, but also no, because it's like, I- I'm scared. I'm scared that they're going to come up with something even worse. <laughs> Now that we've had extra time to think about it. They're like, how can we make this even more unique? I, if I just step back and kind of just look at the whole situation in the abstract, I don't mind it because I think it's important to normalize like changing your baby's name because I definitely, I I feel like that's probably a real thing that people experience is they have this name in their head. And then when they meet the baby, you know, for whatever reason, they feel it doesn't fit anymore. Yeah. It may, it maybe it just isn't what they want anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, 
That's why I, I feel like it's probably a better situation to maybe have like three options. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I like, agree. Um, one of my coworkers was actually telling me that that's exactly what they did. They had kind of like three names that they were trying to go between. Mm-hmm. And when they were talking to the baby in her belly, they would like call the baby by yeah. one of those three names, see what kind of felt best and then meet the baby and be like, Oh, this is the one like this right. is the name. I mean, it doesn't really make sense because I know like with babies like you just you just become your name like you know if I were named Lauren like I would like you just grow into your name but also I think it's really freaking weird when people like really go out and emphasize their baby's name before it is born like they decide way early on like this is going to be baby Benjamin and it's all of a sudden it's Benjamin's baby shower and baby Benjamin is 25 weeks and everything and I'm just like that's I don't know what it is but it's just like I feel like you're really committing to that name obviously which is fine like good on you but then again what if he's born you meet him and it's like you know what like I kind of like Lucas instead yeah Mm -hmm. or like one of my biggest fears I should not say biggest fears because that sounds really dramatic but (laughs) something that concerns me often is like and I know this is not really that big of a deal but like what if they tell you it's a boy and you get really (laughs) set on this one name and you're ready and it's a girl yeah I mean I know you don't always have both names prepared but like if I get set on one name and I'm like oh I am like I love this name I can't wait to have a baby named this and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it's just like can't happen complete change of plans I know I mean, that's just how I am in life. So I definitely, I definitely can relate to you on that. Like if I'm like, I'm going to the store today, I'm going to the store, I'm going to the store, get to the store and it's closed. I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) What what now? Yeah, exactly. So I definitely like that is, I, I resonate with that fear too, you know? And like, it's also just crazy to think about like when you're pregnant Obviously, that baby is inside of you. Okay. I know how biology works, but you actually don't, you know, you don't physically see the baby, obviously, until it's born. So it's like, I don't know how much it would change, but when you actually see baby Benjamin and you're like, I'm not feeling it anymore, you know? So this is something so inconsequential for us to be talking about. (laughs) But some people did ask, like, why did you guys talk about? wolf being renamed um so as of recording right now we don't know his new name um and the way that you know kylie has been handling this pregnancy from the jump like we don't like we may never find out like i don't know know. like that was her plan all along she was like i'll have them talking about the baby and then they won't ever find out what its name is yeah i'm surprised that no one has um gotten a hold of the birth certificate yeah right like when I think that's like public record because we were talking about it with Tristan's new baby mama oh right right um so I guess we'll just you know sit and wait with bated breath um to see how uh how Mr. Webster introduces himself to the world you know I'm over here really scared of what it is but like it's almost one of those things where like I feel like they always do the opposite of what I fear so I'm like they're gonna come back and be like this is Bob (laughs) this is Bob Webster (laughs) 
Right. And then it's almost like a disappointment. It's like, wow, I got myself all worked up for that. For Bob? Yeah. Like, why did I waste so much brain power in space over freaking Bob Webster? Who is Bob? That sounds like a politician, Bob Webster. It does. Like, yeah, I'm I'm campaigning for Bob Webster. Hey, I vote for him. <laughs> I vote for a two-month-old baby. It's fine. Yeah, for sure. He's got great ideas. Um, so the second news story that has happened that has completely gripped this nation is, of course, the beef between Chris Rock and Will Smith. Right. Um, I, I guess the people need to know where we stand on this issue, um, because I guess in order to be a, a valid American citizen, you actually have to state how you feel about the situation. Um, so Cassie, go ahead and tell us how you feel towards Will Smith, Chris Rock, what the Academy is doing, everything about it. Okay. I'm going to be real honest. Um, I was literally waiting for the plane to take off when I saw the story. So like, I didn't see it. I haven't watched the video. I only saw like clips and stuff. So like y'all are more than welcome to come at me for my opinion. It's totally fine. Um, I'm still not hundred percent convinced it's not fake. I don't know. Um, but as far as my opinion is in the situation, I mean, like did Chris Rock maybe take it a little bit too far? Maybe, but he's also a comedian. Um, I think that it's absolutely ridiculous that Will Smith went up there and, punched him Mm -hmm. I think that's insane I think violence is never a good option especially in a situation like this like what is that promoting Mm -hmm. um in my opinion and then Mm -hmm. also too like is it really that serious like I know you're talking he's talking about your wife I get it it's not nice but it's just like say something to him after I don't know yeah yeah and of course wrongs don't make a right yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. And obviously, I mean, Will Smith has a complete, like, it, it's totally fine for him to be upset. Like, he has that right. Yeah. Um, but I, like, what, it, like, where did that get us? After yeah, you, it's you like, it's the, he's literally saying, if someone says something mean about someone that you care about, you can hit them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, if you are thinking that it's fake, why do you think that they would plan out something like this? Honestly, it's like one of those things where, I don't know, they're probably trying to distract us from Russia or something. I don't know. <laughs> Russia's up to something and they're like, we better distract the people real quick. Like, I, I don't really know. Yeah. Do you th- um, like, Is it for like publicity? Like, is that, do you think a valid reason? I mean, honestly, I I can kind of stick it to my distraction thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it, because it really did, like you said, it took the world by fucking storm. You can't escape it. No, I mean, like, um, I heard, and please correct me if this is wrong. Um, who was it? Um, anyway, Jim Carrey was doing an interview with somebody and he was talking about Mm -hmm. how he actually was suing Will Smith wow I mean like can't confirm I saw it on TikTok so like guys take it with a grain of salt I actually saw that he was like suing him from like 200 million dollars or something like that yeah it was like degrading the Oscars or like because it's gonna be it's gonna live on forever and it's gonna leave a mark and like kind of depict Hollywood as a whole I think is kind of what he was arguing um as being supportive of this 
Um, which I mean, I think it's interesting to hear kind of like he was very like riled up about it. He was very mm-hmm. much like, I respect Will Smith. Like he has done a lot of great work. He is like an amazing actor. I have no beef with him, but like mm-hmm. he has like he fucked up big time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it. I don't think it's acceptable for anyone to do it. Right. Um, I per- like people have asked me like, what do you think? And I'm just kind of like, like, I don't. I'm not trying to like burn Will Smith at the stake, but like, I don't think it was fake. Um, I I, (laughs) subtle flex. I saw it live because I was watching the Oscars Uh because I am a 75 year old woman (laughs) and um, I saw it happen live. And I I, like, I I didn't understand what was going on at first because it was just a lot of people felt it was just like so unexpected. And then they cut the audio out. Oh, okay. So then I'm like, is something wrong with like my internet? Like did my internet just stop? Like what's going on? I, I thought it was like something on my end mm-hmm. because you could see like they go back to Chris Rock and his lips are moving. And I'm like, I want to hear like, what is he saying? What yeah, is he what saying? saying? And then they go to Will Smith and you could obviously read his lips, see what he was saying. And I was like, oh, this is like something, like something crazy just happened. Yeah. Um. And then they like cut the audio back on and Chris Rock, like a freaking pro, he's like, anyways, here are the nominees <laughs> for best documentary short or whatever it was. Um, and it wasn't until like I went on Twitter to be like, did I just see like what I thought I saw it? And lo and behold, it was blown up. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I am kind of leaning towards like, you know, I don't think Will Smith should ever be invited back to the Oscars. Um, but also like even greater than that, like, I don't know, like, I don't know what he does with his career now. Like, I don't know, you know, I, I like, mean, obviously it put a lot of a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. If like right. Jim Carrey, who literally has no skin in the game, right. like allegedly, I'm going to use my terms a lot, very <laughs> allegedly <laughs> doing him for $200 million. Right. Um, but then also I was thinking about it and, you know, everything with Alec Baldwin, when he killed somebody and it's just kind of like, I mean, since then, you know, there's been a whole investigation and we, we've uncovered a lot more truth about what happened there, but I feel like now like Alec Baldwin is just kind of like, like back into society. Like, I don't think anyone has any super intense feelings towards Alec Baldwin anymore regarding that, um, But because, like, obviously what Will Smith did was so public. Yeah, and that was not an accident. I mean, like, I didn't see it in person. So, like, now you re-describing it to me. Like, I obviously, I don't think it's fake, like, hearing your story and how everything went down. But, like, when I read it on the plane, I was just like, oh, this seems like they're trying to distract us from something. Like, yeah, like, Russia's got a hold of the internet. I don't know. (laughs) Something's going on. Yeah, but also there's conflicting reports of whether or not that joke was planned. Like some people mm-hmm. say that Chris Rock ad libbed it, and mm-hmm. some other people say that I guess it was written in like last minute when someone like they saw Jada Pinkett Smith showing up to the Oscars with no hair. I actually it was wrote like, and again, I think this was TikTok or something. So like allegedly, <laughs> I had read somewhere or heard something that Amy Schumer had actually written the joke. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. Wow. Interesting how that played out. Yeah. It probably would have gone over well if Amy Schumer made the joke. I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah, it, we it may have had a different outcome. Maybe they would just have like verbal beefing instead of. I honestly don't even violence. think. I think if a woman said it, I really don't even think that he would have reacted at all. Yeah. For this week's episode, we kind of took a different direction than we have um, with the podcast so far. Um, and Cassie and I chose this this documentary together. Um, it both really piqued our interest. Um, and so the documentary is called Tiny Shoulders Rethinking Barbie. And it's on Hulu. It was published, I think, maybe in like 2018, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, And it follows basically the journey of the team that was responsible for like remaking Barbie. And when they came out with a whole bunch of other different shapes and sizes of Barbies, Um, which so they go like through the ins and outs of, you know, they're talking to the PR girl and they're talking to the head of design, everything and me, someone who like doesn't have a lot of experience with PR. Mm-hmm. it was very intense to see. And also like, I know that those dolls are for sale now too. So it was cool to see like, you how know, came to be. yeah, how everything came together. Um, so I will, I guess I'll go ahead and give a rating first. I would okay. give it a five out of five. I loved it. I thought it was, it's just very different to anything that mm-hmm. I've seen before. Um, and it was just very like thought provoking because it just had me thinking about Barbie in like a lot of different ways. And I hope that like, we can talk about it a little bit mm-hmm. here. Um, so what did you think? I also would give it a five out of five too. I agree. It was like really unique, like something I think it's almost one of those things that like we know, but we don't really think about, you know what I mean? Like exactly. the perception of Barbie and like how it probably really has affected and impacted our lives. Especially like, I feel like when we were growing up, like it was Barbie or die. Yeah. Like bar, like Barbie was everything. Oh, literally my life was Barbie. Like right. everything, like every toy I had was something related to Barbie. Like I was obsessed. Right. So it was like really interesting to sit and think like about how it like affected how we, you know, thought about ourselves, how we thought about other women. Um, it was interesting to me to see like who was for it, who wasn't for it, mm-hmm. um, kind of those types of things. Kind of honestly, I thought the most shocking part was like how people reacted and things like that um, mm-hmm. in certain scenes. So I agree. I think it was really great. I thought it was really interesting. I thought, like you said, thought provoking. So yeah, five out of five for me as well. Yeah. And they, in the beginning, they, um, they give a history of Barbie and like how she came to be and, you know, where she, her background, of course, when they come to this whole reinventing Barbie phase. Um, and I totally agree with you. Like, I did not realize how like integral Barbie is in our society. Like, it's just something Mm -hmm. that we just take for granted because we just know that like that she's, there and it's like you know it's just it's literally just a doll but it was so revolutionary for its time when it first came I mean they even Um, said in the documentary like Barbie is what made Mattel a fortune 500 company yeah like Barbie alone did that for them like that's crazy yeah um and so it was interesting because one like big thing that I 
that I got from it. So when they're getting ready to like do the official rollout of the new Barbies, they make like a war room. And basically they like hire this like crisis management team to help them like prepare for the worst case scenarios. Basically, if they were to release these Barbies and the world just melted down Will Smith, Chris Rock style and just everyone, like everyone lost their minds. Um, And it's so interesting because it's like, Barbie, like people who are going crazy, Barbie is literally a doll. Like, can you chill? But also there is just this overwhelming responsibility, I feel, on them, on Barbie to like do the right thing and like be be a proper representation of America and every like I can't even imagine. And I think what's so interesting about it too is like. Of course, I think that they, you know, I appreciate and think that they should be, you know, showing more diverse body types, like, you know, tall, short, fat, skinny, black, Hispanic, like missing an arm. I don't know. Like, they should just, like, you know, do whatever. But, like, I don't think that people realize how, like, quote unquote, like, progressive Barbie was when it came out. Like, when she made this doll, dolls did not have boobs. Right. Like they did not have boobs and like it was so progressive of her like and people were like no this nobody's gonna buy that like right. that is just inappropriate like girls should not be seeing that and I think her name was Ruth right uh the um who invented Barbie yeah yeah I, th- I think so. that sounds right yeah she was like okay but like girls are using like they need a doll that like represents like what women are and look mm. like and what they're gonna look like when they're a woman and that unfortunately men include include breasts so like it's so weird that like this doll that kind of came that kind of became like the antithesis of progression Mm -hmm. started as something that was progressive progressive that's such a good point that's such a good point and they explained too that like all of the dolls previous like before barbie's time they were like baby dolls and they were very geared towards like promoting motherhood and like maternal instincts with girls and then they introduce barbie and it's just like hey look at this adult like look she's a teacher she's a doctor she's a scientist yeah like look at astronaut yeah like she's just she's just an adult like she's not she's not a mom she's not single single. exactly yeah and so that had me thinking too like in my mind, my opinion of Barbie, I I do see her having like a close relationship with professions. Yeah. Because they like make Barbie, like Barbie astronaut, Barbie, right. you know, whatever. Like, you know, if there's a, if let's say if you are a swimmer and here's Barbie yeah, swimmer, Barbie like, yep. I feel like it's so, like, that's also something that I personally like took for granted, like her attachment with uh like different professions and that also kind of coincided too they were talking about it in the documentary like in the 1950s and 60s when women started to get careers instead of just being homemakers like women would join the workforce and like pursue careers for the first I mean not for the first time but like it became more of the norm I think yeah um and then something too that I was kind of thinking about is like I feel like there is you know I I would be remiss to say that there's not any negative impact that the that Barbie had 
on, you know, young girls and things like that. As Mm -hmm. far as I would say the majority of it really truly was, you know, self-esteem, like what Mm -hmm. a pretty woman looks like, because, you know, even in the documentary, they do talk about her proportions getting more skewed, like her waist and her hips, like being like extremely disproportionate and making that like kind of the ideal body type. Like if I don't look Mm -hmm. like Barbie, like this isn't, I'm not, perfect or beautiful but also too like just thinking about it, I remember when they said that Ken was an accessory to Barbie in there I yes. like, exactly and yes. like you think about it, it's fucking Barbie's dream house it's not yeah. Ken and Barbie's dream house it's Barbie's dream house right. and it is Barbie's Jeep right like, it was all like Barbie was out here doing this and like That's you know it wasn't point. like Ken is Barbie's husband this was like a man that associates with Barbie and he could be her brother if you want. Like, it yeah, could be dad, it could be whoever you want him to be. He's just an accessory that goes with Barbie. Right. Right. If like in your mind, if you wanted it to be like Barbie's husband, then you could do that. Exactly. Um, but like you mentioned earlier, you know, we growing up in our time, we just had the super skinny blonde Barbie. Yeah. Like that's what she was, which also, by the way, I never noticed like in the old school Barbies, Barbie had a long ass neck. Yeah, she did. Like, and that had to be like three times the average neck length. I'm like, what? <laughs> We're out here setting neck length standards. Okay, but also like- that they had like freaking engineers from like what NASA or MIT or some crazy yeah. shit making Barbie. I was like, what? Yes. So the dynamics needed to have a long neck, I guess. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. And apparently everyone, all the women in America need longer necks. We're working on it, fellas. I, I know Rat we're trying. Necks. I stretch mine every day. Um, but that is something that like, that is very interesting considering how we, like the Barbie that we grew up with. I wonder how that manifests like in our generation because people still say like if you see like a tall slender blonde woman you'd be like oh she's barbie like she looks like barbie yes you know yeah and i think i think part of it too is like including barbie in the time that we grew up and thinking about like okay who was extremely influential during that time nicole ritchie paris hilton Mm. Lindsay lohan britney spears amanda Bynes, all these girls who were making sure that they were super super skinny and the majority of the time like i understand like paris hilton is a natural blonde but like britney spears was very blonde during that time period Lindsay lohan had blonde hair during that time period like it's just almost like she was like solidifying during that time period that this is what is ideal right this is what celebrities look like this is what models look like which to an extent that it still kind of holds true today right um I think like the whole blonde hair thing is still kind of pervasive which is yeah. annoying but whatever From um over here <laughs> yeah, I know, right? fuck a blonde <laughs> yeah <laughs> brunettes rule the world i know the world brunettes <laughs> i know that I, this may be about redheads i forget but i know that like like people with brown hair are just like slowly taking over the world and eventually like blondes and people with red hair like they, there will be no more blondes mm. um so love you know love being in the majority yeah, um, that. <laughs> so you know with everything i you know kind of the the name of the project to basically reinvent Barbie and like reintroduce all of these different new Barbies was called Project Dawn. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of 
I guess it started what, like in the mid 2010s and, you know, kind of coincided with just, you know, me too. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. the liberation of woman and everything like that. Um, And it was this like huge, huge project. Um, And one thing that really stuck with me, and I guess that's why they called the movie this, was she's carrying the world on her tiny shoulders, Mm -hmm. which is just, that just speaks to the amount of pressure that they felt to like, they had to nail this. They had to nail it. Yeah. Right. Or else, or else Barbie would just like. Well, because apparently they it. had that really bad experience with like putting Barbie on the cover of Sports Illustrated, which yeah. I knew nothing about. But um, it's just one of those things where you're sitting there, kind of thinking, like, I don't really know why y'all thought that was a good idea, but okay. Yeah. I mean, I like we don't need to sexualize a children's toy. I'm sorry. Yeah, I did when I saw that. I was like, that is a little bit ridiculous, especially yeah. when just like you know that that like sports illustrated swimsuit like you know that it's exactly. contentious you exactly. know it is extremely sexualized people know what it is You're right looking at sexy girls and barely any clothes right like it's just like synonymous like you hear like sports illustrated like swimsuit like anything that has to do with a girl in mm-hmm. any way shape or form it's just like oh it's sexual mm-hmm. yeah so it's like if you hear barbie you're not thinking oh what is she doing playing football <laughs> no you're no. thinking is she naked <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry if you get aroused by naked barbie Ugh. you need to seek treatment <laughs> yeah for sure um it would be like if they said that like barbie walks in the victoria's secret fashion show <laughs> you know where it's just like oh god like something that already just has like such a terrible stigma attached to it yeah um just for I feel like that, and that also kind of gets away from like, like I, like we talked about earlier, the whole deal with like Barbie was introduced as an adult, like an adult doll. It was just like, this is an adult. Like, look, like she has a job and she has a car and she does all this stuff. Um, And then, of course, now, like in present day, we have like all of these different offshoots of like dolls and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So, how would you feel like? in the future if you have a daughter how would you feel like if she wanted to play with like the old school skinny blonde barbies would you be for it or against it wow that's actually a really interesting question i thank you i have not thought about that that is actually an interesting question i honestly kind of think though that by the time i have children um (laughs) Oh, she like just some, cringed yeah like I feel like maybe if it's like a collector's one or something it will be like this will yeah. be worth money one day but I mean honestly by that time I wouldn't be surprised if they don't really make them anymore really or if they do, they've at least made the proportions more regulated like mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a problem with still playing with the blonde skinny Barbie because there right. are blonde skinny people in the world right. but like at least regulating the proportions a little bit I think like this is something not that wasn't in the documentary but I had seen and read before where someone like actually created a human like figure with oh. Barbie's measurements and stuff I'm and terrified so just oh my god it looks so spooky so crazy <laughs> so like I think it's just more about like making the proportions a little bit more normal yeah um and I I, but I would think it would be fine if she wanted to play with the skinny one but I would probably Mm -hmm. you know hope and encourage that she would play with the 
the other ones. And Mm -hmm. I think that was one of the hardest parts of the documentary to me was when they were talking about the focus group for the first time they tried to launch or like curvy Barbies or whatever. And these little girls, like they were like literally looking at, and they were like, I wouldn't play with this one because she's fat. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her thighs are touching. Yeah. She's fat. And I'm just like, first, my first thought was who raised you? But I was like, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I can't blame it all on your mom. It's society too. Even that young, yeah. it, you, it gets ingrained in you, yada, yada, yada. But like, mm-hmm. I remember feeling so bad for the head of design because, you know, she's not like morbidly obese or anything, but she's obviously not stereotypical, like thin and she's not blonde. She's mm-hmm. also a lesbian, mm-hmm. like openly married to a woman. So mm-hmm. like, I just saw her sitting there and I could just like feel for her, like listening to these women, like, like these little girls, like talking yeah. about like, Oh, this Barbie's fat. I don't want to play with her. I'm like, and you could, she was like taking notes and she would just like sigh and like write something down. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, um, and I, you were talking about like, you know, having all of these different Barbies with different shapes and sizes, something that I had never considered just because I'm not a business person mm-hmm. is also, you know, when they're thinking about, we're going to have Barbies with different, uh, feet sizes, oh, then they have to start ta- right. making multiple sizes of shoes, which is then like, you know, you know, that like back in the day with our Barbies, like the clothes are going to fit perfectly on any Barbie and the shoes and everything yes that was something I didn't think about either when they were making different sizes and I was like okay like you almost like it's like I don't want to say sympathize because Mm -hmm. I do think it should be inclusive regardless but I mean it is one of those things where it's like okay like that was kind of what was fun about Barbie like it didn't matter which Barbie doll you bought like all of the clothes were interchangeable and that just won't be the case anymore I know and from a business like a business and sales standpoint, because like at the, at the end of the day, they're just trying to sell the damn doll. Exactly. Yeah. It, me as a kid, I know it would piss me off if I had like <laughs> this like subset of clothes that wouldn't fit some Barbies, some Barbies. I, like that yeah. would piss me off. I know it yeah. would. So, which sucks. Cause it's like, obviously that's not real. Like you can't go into another person's closet and expect all their clothes to fit you perfectly. Exactly. Like that's not, that's not the real world. Right. But from like a business standpoint, it's like, Mm -hmm. how many pairs of shoes are you going to (laughs) make? Yeah. But what I kind of honestly anticipate happening probably is like, I do think that it is going to be likely that, especially as children, they're going to gravitate towards whichever one like reminds them most of themselves or even Mm -hmm. their mom. So Mm -hmm. I do think that they're probably going to gravitate towards one style more than the other, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, I I obviously don't, I can't a hundred percent guarantee that because like, (laughs) I mean, none of my baby dolls growing up looked like me, but I always went for the raggedy babies. (laughs) Like, it would be, like, one missing its eyeball, and I'm like, I want that one. <laughs> She's cute. She's different. <laughs> did you have an American Girl doll? I did not. What? I didn't. See, that was more, like, kind of, like, what I gravitated towards. I, like, I just kind of thinking about, like, you know, we weren't, like, the kids of the 80s who it was, like, like you only add Barbie. Like luckily we, you know, we started having American girls and we started having Polly Pocket. Okay, like I did have Polly Pockets. If yeah. you excuse me, but if you sexualize Polly Pocket, like get like get a grip. Um 
but I think like also having American girls, I mean, American girls was different, I guess, because they weren't like, they were supposed to be like our age, you know, yeah. like in adolescence. Um, but uh, sorry, this is all to say that like, I definitely gravitated towards like I had Molly who had dark hair and dark eyes like I do. She also lived during World War II, which like I did it. <laughs> do you relate to that, Kristen? <laughs> I relate to the rations and the air raid sirens. <laughs> but that was the weird thing about American Girl. Well, at first they were all from like a historical era, you know? Mm-hmm. And then now, of course, this was like kind of as I was like almost phasing out of it, but they started introducing the dolls that you could make that right. look like you. Yeah. And I wanted one of those, but I mean, I had Molly and I was like, Molly's close enough. Molly will do, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But see, I very much, like, I didn't do American Girl doll. I will say I, I definitely had Polly Pockets, but I'm telling you, if you went in my playroom when I was a kid, mm-hmm. it was all Barbie. Every single thing. Really? I mean, wow. Barbie Dreamhouse, Barbie Pool, Barbie mm-hmm. Scooter, Barbie Bike. Yeah. Like, I wore Barbie clothes, shoes. I probably had, like, Barbie lip gloss, like, shampoo and conditioner. Like, they literally thrived off of me. Like, they were like, yes, this is the one. This is this That is girl it. who lives in Martinsville, she's driving our sales through the roof. Yes, and I'm telling you, when they saw that dip, it was probably because I turned 12. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, I was Barbie or die yeah how many tubs of clothes and shoes did you have oh and 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 barbie dolls at least three that was the worst part like digging around trying to find yeah and i also kind of like branched out so i guess like some of it wasn't all 100 percent barbie like Mm -hmm. i liked some of the my scene girls like for some reason i really liked the redheaded girl um i think her name was like Mackenzie or something and then i also had the mary kane ashley barbies (sighs) Oh my God, that just triggered a memory. So did I. Yeah. I, I fucked heavily with them and I was always Mary Kate. <laughs> Why them. the shade to Ashley? You think she's like beta or something? I, no, I think it was because like I was going through my like tomboyish phase and I feel like Mary Kate oh. always was like the tomboy-ish one. Yeah. So I just was like, I'm Mary Kate. I mean, you want to talk about running the world. Like, back in those days when Mary Kay and Ashley, they had the movie. Like, they cranked out a new movie, like, every six months. Yes. And that's, I mean, I, w- I will say, okay, my money stopped going to Barbie and it went to Mary Kay and Ashley because I had all the movies. I had their shoes. I had their makeup. Oh, I had yeah. their clothes. I had the dolls, obviously. I mean, I had their books. Yeah. Oh, everything. my gosh. This is triggering so many memories. Yeah. I, I had think- all of it. They had a line at Walmart, I want to say, of like clothes and like makeup. Oh my gosh. And I used to, oh my gosh, I used to tear it up and I love their stuff so much. I will never forget. This is a little bit off topic, guys. So I'm sorry. But so I had these like platform like sandals and they were like thong sandals and they had all these like little beads and shells and everything on them. Trendy. Kane Ashley and my Nana bought them for me. For Christmas okay so as you can imagine in Virginia it was chilly and my mom wouldn't let me wear sandals to school because it was cold outside so I packed them bitches in my book bag and I switched when I went to school but my dumb ass forgot to switch back and so I got in trouble for wearing sandals to school oh 
but that's how much I love Mary Kay and Ashley. I was ready to get frostbite on my toes. Oh, you were just trying to stun on them hoes. That's what it exactly. was. 30 degrees outside. I didn't care. I know that that happened to me one time. Like, what was our fascination with wearing like sandals to school? Because I definitely <laughs> have a memory of me in like seventh grade wearing rainbow sandals to school. Ooh. And I think my dad was driving me to school one day and he noticed them. And this was maybe in like November. And he was like, you are not allowed to wear this to school until March. I was like, damn, okay. It's like we wanted people to see our toes or something. I don't know. What was the deal? Like, that's- no, I definitely remember even at high school, like wearing like my rainbows until like I literally couldn't anymore. Yeah. I don't know. It, I don't know what it is. Like, I love wearing sandals and everything, but it's something about it that just makes me now that like when I wear them now, just makes me feel like a little bit too exposed. Yeah. Like, I just feel like a little too naked. My feet are vulnerable. <laughs> wow. I'm a predator. The turntables have turntabled for us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry from the bottom. Now we hear. Sorry about the tangent, guys. I'm sure you loved hearing about our toes. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're really here for. <laughs> so ultimately, when they did like the whole rollout, you obviously have a much stronger background in PR and communications than I do. How did you feel about their whole like project dawn campaign once it was released and how they how they released the new barbies yeah once it was released i mean i I thought it was good i like that they like felt like they were prepared for like the worst because i do think they're right like if you get a lot of backlash there is nothing worse than like sitting and waiting and trying to like concoct the perfect response because then Mm -hmm. you're just going to get 20 more because you didn't answer that one so I think it was really smart on their part to like even though of course they hoped for the best and were hoping that people would be super positive in their response like you have to be prepared for the worst in a situation like this and I think they did a really good job of that yeah and you know that's what all of the Oscars is going through right now Right. Because they had no idea that Will Smith was going to do that. Right. So it's like they had no contingency plan. But it also like the amount of preparation that they went through for Barbie. Mm -hmm. It just speaks to like, you know, I honestly, even though like I haven't touched a Barbie in 10 years, um, I feel like, you know, if they would have, if they would have introduced a Barbie that maybe I felt was like a little tone deaf or, mm-hmm. you know, just like didn't say, well, I like, I would have an emotional reaction to it Yeah, because that's just like how important Barbie is to us, especially women, mm-hmm. um, that it is just like, even though it's a freaking doll, it's still just like so important for some right. reason, like with the commentary, And I thought what was really interesting seeing them like create the campaign and like discuss if they even should do it and things Mm -hmm. like that was like one kind of the discord between media marketing and design, Mm -hmm. but then also seeing the people who are really for it and who really weren't for it. So like just to kind of provide like an example for people who like haven't seen it and this might kind of explain it further to like people who have. So the head of PR for Barbie very stereotypical, pretty, skinny, white woman, okay? She, in the beginning, gave me very strong vibes that she thought this was going to be going against everything they'd ever said about Barbie. Mm -hmm. They were like, no, like, we have always said, like, Barbie is fine just the way she is. Like, we're not changing her. Like, 
da 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 and then you see people on the design team that are black that are hispanic that are larger in size that are older that like just look different than the stereotype of what is like cookie cutter you know kind of american woman since we're referring to barbies being mm-hmm. like no we need to change like we need to evolve like we need to see different sizes we need to see different body shapes like mm-hmm. it was just really interesting to me how like the people who were like scared about the reaction to the point where they thought they shouldn't do it really fit into that like stereotypical like woman. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. And I feel like it's also thinking about it literally, like we think of Barbie, like we've continuously talked about here, like thin, blonde, beautiful doll mm-hmm. woman person. And then when you introduce all of these, like, 40 other different variations of Barbie, it's like, is it still Barbie or is it 40 new, right? 40 new of Barbie's friends? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, again, I'm really not familiar with Barbie anymore. So like, that's, I I don't know if that's the case or not, but Mm -hmm. I do feel like when they're making these different body types, they don't need to be making it as a new person. Like, because that's just saying like, oh, but Barbie, she cannot be touched. Like, because I mean, even, um, like, so like Kelly, um, who you know, I hope you're mm-hmm. listening, Kel. Shout out to Kelly. Hey, Kelly. She always talks about. So her mom went to Costa Rica for uh, like the army or navy or whatever she was in. Sorry, Kelly. <laughs> anyway, um, and so like they would call like they saw Kelly and she was like you know this like beautiful like white girl from America and it's mm-hmm. like oh she's Barbie oh she's Britney Spears like the like when people see or when they think of women from America like those are the types of people that they think of oh like, lord Barbie <laughs> like they're like oh American women they're Barbie they're wow. Britney Spears like it's just like what how interesting yeah, that like that's what they associate with America, and then also like American celebrities, like exactly, you said. yeah, looking wow. like Barbie. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm sure like if I just took ten minutes to research it, I'm sure there are like tons and tons and tons of research articles that talk about like the effect that Barbie has had on our sociology, on girls' psychology. Like, mm-hmm. how has that messed us up? Which sucks because like it, you know, it it like it sounds when you say that it just makes it sound like such an evil thing, which it's not. Right. Um, you know, that's that wasn't its intent. Like Barbie was like, oh well, you know, this like this is what all girls are supposed to look like. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's just like any brand's responsibility, like not even just Barbie, like you have to evolve and change with the times. Mm-hmm. And you know, at one point. Barbie was reflective of America like Mm -hmm. you know like she was coming into the workforce and the majority of women did look like her because Mm -hmm. they even talk about how before you know when we were growing up Barbie was thicker like she had more realistic body shape Mm -hmm. and probably looked like what most American women looked like at that time but things have changed things are evolving people are evolving there's like different colors of people there's different sizes you know we're normalizing like skin 
like not having perfect skin. Like, exactly. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to say different, like different pigmented skin. Yeah. Exactly. There's no exactly. one like, skin Winnie color. That's like that, like the fact that she's a model and like people are like putting her on covers of Mac, like that wouldn't have happened before. Like, mm-hmm. I think you have to evolve and change with time. And if mm-hmm. you don't do that, like it's going to suck. You're going to go out of business. Yeah. Yeah. They, well, because even when they started it, that's what they were doing. They thought it was a terrible idea because it was too progressive. So it's right. like, I don't understand how you start with this mentality. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, we shouldn't do that anymore. That makes sense. Like 50 years later, you're still stuck on that mentality. Right. Like it was started with the intention to be progressive and show mm-hmm. girls like this is what a woman could be. This is what a woman could look like. So mm-hmm. why would we now not be like, this is what women could look like? Mm hmm. That's a really good point. I understand, like we said, from a business perspective, it's a lot harder because there's like more pieces you have to make. And like, you know, if they start, which I think that they probably should, but this may be me being a little crazy girl, like they should be making amputees. Like they should be Mm -hmm. making people that, you know, maybe are missing a leg or something like that. And then Mm -hmm. with that comes like making pants that accommodate that. Like I get it. It's a lot. Right. But like you know, I think that's the only way you're going to make this brand fit what America looks like now and provide some kind of like longevity. Right. And also speak to like what they're trying to do by Mm -hmm. being more inclusive and like showing more of like, these are what actual women look like. Right. Um, Which at the end of, they like, you know, showed all of the new Barbies that were introduced and there was one that they kept showing with blue hair. And I was like, I oh, want yeah. that Barbie so bad. Oh, no, right. <laughs> I just love the blue hair. I was like, I don't have blue hair. I've never wanted blue hair, but like, I love it. She just looks cool. Like, I love her mm-hmm. outfit. I love the blue hair. I like the vibe. I want that one. Right. And I mean, even thinking about like young girls, like picking up dolls that don't look like them too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think we're still kind of trying to like move past the issue of like people having tattoos or like piercings or different colored hairs and like having these like five-year-olds seeing a girl that's like in a business suit with blue hair and like maybe some tattoos or something it's like oh she can be a businesswoman like it doesn't really matter about these like exterior things that she chooses to do like she's still good at her job yeah tattoos are still such a big issue oh i'm yeah i like i I don't understand why like I it's definitely like the boomer generation that decided that tattoos were like like unprofessional yeah Yeah. definitely the boomers I mean of course it's always the boomers um but like I'm not even I don't have any tattoos I have no desire to get tattoos but it's not like I don't see someone with tattoos and like look down on them and be like why are they working here yeah they have markings on their bodies that they got on purpose that they paid a lot of money for yeah like i mean this is not me encouraging y'all to go get like face tattoos or anything (laughs) but like you know i do agree like i think a lot of people our age too like growing up when they did get them tried to get them places that they could like you know cover it up for work and things like that so it's just like kind of like some of those things that i think we just need to like, it's almost like just more normalizing things yeah. than anything. And it, it, now that I think about it, like thinking of people in my life that I know who have tattoos, it's always like, oh, I'm getting this small one on my wrist. That way I can hide it. Then like, why are you, why are you like, 
why are you getting it then? Like I got it on my, on my back. So like I hide it. It's like, what? Like you're getting a tattoo. Like, don't you want to see it? Don't you want other people to see it? Like, yeah. Isn't that the but point? I mean, that's, that's something that I was considering when I got mine. I mean, I did factor in like me being able to see it too, right. but I was like, oh, if I put it on my foot, like I can hide it when I need to, but like, it's also easily seen. But like the fact that I had to consider like, oh, can I make sure that I had it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Crazy. I definitely feel like that's going to change. Like when our generation just like continues to grow up and the boomers retire and go right. off into their next life somewhere. Yeah. Um, I definitely feel like that's going to change, but it's just so sad that that is still like the state of it right mm. now. Right. All right. Well, I feel like this has been a very good conversation on Barbie. I think we both deserve honorary PhDs in um, <laughs> feminism and sociology. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that's just me saying that though. So you know, take it for what you will. Um, but I thought that this was super interesting. If you haven't checked out the documentary, I highly suggest you do, especially if you're like in our age demographic too, like younger women, but I think it's interesting for like, everybody knows who Barbie is. So it's just interesting yeah. to see like, you know, her history and the effect that she has on that reminded me of like that statistic they gave where it was like she has like 97 percent recognition like as high as like coca-cola yeah (laughs) like that is crazy yeah yeah and so you know that explains why you know they feel the weight that they do when they make these big changes i can't imagine (sighs) even though it is just a piece of plastic but it's just something so powerful um, so anyways, so for a teaser of next week, I'm really excited because we will be revisiting a show that we've already done an episode about, um, and based on our numbers, our number of listens, it's been, it was really popular. Like it was one of our most listened to episodes. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to go back and we're going to watch another season of this show. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, All right. So Cassie, do you have anything else for this week? No, sorry again for the delay guys. I will try not to get scorched by the sun again and delay anything for the fans. Everybody just yell at the sun. It is the sun's fault that. Yes, that's truly who it's late. Yeah. Tell the sun to be less bright. Exactly. Um, so yeah, so awesome. Well, thank you guys for listening. We will see you next week on Wednesday. We'll get back onto our normal schedule of Wednesday at 5 p.m. Um, so get ready for that. But we hope you all enjoyed this week's episode. If you listen to us on Spotify, give us a five-star rating. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, pretty, pretty, please also give us a five-star rating. And you can also write us a little review if you want to write us a little haiku, if you will. We're always uh, open to poetry. Um, if you want to hit us up, we're on Instagram at a case, the number four, the FBI, or go old school, send us an email. Um, we are a case, the number four, the FBI at gmail.com. So yeah, Beautiful. hit us up. So thank y'all for listening as always. Thank you for supporting us. We love you. You're, you're the reason why we do it listeners while yeah. we are here grinding with Cassie's burned back yes and y'all keep listening with those ads honey we are gonna yes. be rich bitch <laughs> well we remember. are gonna cash that trump check <laughs> we'll remember all the little people when we make it big that's right <laughs>
All right, y'all. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you.